Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic dudes podcast of which we are the worst. I am Eddie. I'm Alec. That's what Gerardo always says is dudes. Really? I, he did that once and it always stood out to me because I didn't like it at all. So now you just said so always said, and then repeated it. Yes. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about the TV show The Boys and uh, setting up straw man arguments against the faith. But yeah, we are talking about today, there was a TV show that uh, came out, I think a while ago at this point. second season is coming out in September, so the first season probably came out a year ago. And it is about superheroes, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's superheroes, but they're not like good people, and it's kind of uh, what would happen if superhero really was a business, and there were people who were superpowered, like how would they handle it, and w- I think, so it's like superheroes with broken human nature. It's an interesting concept. Uh, the show does not have my recommendation, because it is rather vulgar um there's a lot of things in it that are not great i watched i originally started watching it because it seemed interesting uh and then i quickly realized that this was like a pretty vulgar show but there there, it, there is a lot of interesting nuggets that i think are worth talking about in it so it doesn't have my recommendation but there are some things in it that we want to talk about particularly um, particularly there is an episode where they address christianity and i think that's what we're going to kind of focus on um, because they do a lot of straw manning the case for christianity and it's not very flattering it's probably it's definitely the worst episode of the show and it's definitely uh worth mentioning but i know that we've kind of talked a little bit about shows like this in that episode uh nudity and financial support but uh, i think there's there is something to be said about paying attention to shows like this even if we maybe don't necessarily agree with the morality of some of the filming or whatever it might be because but yeah, what do you what would you say to that? Well, the first thing I want to say is that it's not we don't intend to just like do a review on this show. Like That's we're not just doing yeah. a show review. This is a vehicle for something we want to talk about, which is like you said, straw manning the faith. And there's just such a good condensed example of I think we got a list of 19 things that they just exemplified straw men of Christianity. And do you want to explain what a straw man is in case people are yeah, unaware? The realm of philosophy of straw man is the terminology used for representing an opponent's argument in a weak way so that it's easy to knock down. You can imagine uh, a scarecrow, like a, a straw man made out of straw is a lot easier to push over than an actual man or the alternate phrase, which would be a steel man, which is a lot stronger. So to steel man an argument Which of, is a man from your made opponent. Of iron. Yeah, so that's where the song <laughs> and the movie come from. <laughs> yeah. Um, is to put it in the best light possible. So to, as charitably as you can, represent it in the strongest way possible, which is what we want to do. Again, like we said, I think in the last episode, if, if we believe that we have truth in in the church, then we shouldn't be afraid to put up our enemy's argument as strongly as possible because we believe that we have the strongest argument possible. So we don't need to be afraid of some counter argument. So we want to represent it strongly instead of straw man. But it's easy when, especially in like an emotional state uh, to straw man your opponent. And we find this happens a lot to Christianity. Not saying it doesn't go the other way, but happens a lot to christianity yeah it'll, it happens a lot in, in debates in general and i'm um, not even just i mean it actually probably doesn't happen all that much in 
official debates because people get called out on it pretty pretty quickly because it's so known to be a logical fallacy. But you'll notice that when you're arguing with somebody, maybe even that you just know personally, you're just kind of having a little argument, you listen to what they're saying and you twist what they say so that you can knock it down. And then you just kind of roll with it really fast so that way they don't have time to catch themselves on it. Um, but so the show The Boys does this um, for Christianity, like we said in one of the episodes, episode five in particular. But that being said, I think and this is something that Bishop Barron does a lot of is he takes a look at popular media and oftentimes gives it uh, credence and, and talks about where is God in these things? Where is humanity in these things? Because the show in general, besides episode five, talks a lot about the human experience. And there's a lot of things going on there that show the cry of the heart, right? Because we believe that God is is working in humanity and ultimately art in its true sense, they're, they're trying to convey an experience that people are having. And so you can do a lot about telling, diagnosing the problems of a culture by looking at the, particularly in our culture, the music and the movies and the TV shows that are coming out. And so to just dismiss these things is not always productive. And if you think about with particularly the Bible, right, we know that the Bible does contain the human experience as well. And we've talked, like I said, again, in past episodes of what should you be able to show and what should you not. And there's ways to tell these experiences without necessarily being super explicit about it. But again, not not necessarily, but we shouldn't just shy away from something because it has uh, heavy topics. Because again, the Bible does because it tells the human experience. And there's a difference between indulging in it and learning from it. Yeah. So I think maybe we'll just jump in yeah. and see... Where, where this takes us. So one of the first things that we come to in the show, there's like, um, it's like a concert event. Yeah. Like a, like a, uh, convention, not a convention, uh, like conference, kind of like, yeah, yeah, big, big concert but outside. And there's a stage up there and the, he's the pastor. Yeah. So he's, he's one of the superheroes. And so the way the show works is there's a business that basically finds superheroes and kind of markets them. And there is this guy who's like the Christian pastor TV guy, and he has stretchy powers and everything. Um, and there's a couple other things about him that we'll probably talk about later. But uh, so that he like they put on this whole event, and obviously they all don't actually believe in God, but they they use him to, and he doesn't even believe in God himself to like treat these Christians as sheep essentially, and they just basically tell them what they want to hear and all that stuff. But it's really over the top, obviously. <laughs> So the first thing that he starts talking about as he's up on the stage is very motivationally. He says, you don't need proof. You need faith. That's what Jesus explicitly told us. Yeah, that's that's right. Oh my gosh, that scene. I get like my blood even boils just thinking about it. Because honestly, this show seems like this episode, the show's very well written. This episode was sounds like it was written by like a philosophy 101 student who was like raised in a Christian household and then went to a college and like took philosophy 101 and then just rebels against everything. This is who wrote this episode because like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the actual thing is the guy, the, the stretchy guy, the superhero guy goes like, he like kneels down and he's like, all right, bros. Like this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, my bros come, come in. Come, let me tell you. He literally says, Jesus said my bros. Yeah. And <laughs> he's like, yeah, you don't need faith. Oh, it's so annoying. Because that's what the Bible says. Those who have faith, those are my people. That's a problem. That's, uh, you want, want, want to explain why that's no good? <laughs> uh, at, 
at risk of you exploding. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, point number one. This is gonna yeah. be this is gonna be tough to get through. Well, I think I think we did a whole episode on this Credo Ut Intelligam where we talk about the difference between proof and faith. And there's a lot of non-Catholic people who assume exactly that, that faith is believing not even despite not having proof, but having proof to the contrary, but you still have faith in God despite n- evidence he doesn't exist. And that's not the case. I think we talk about how Bishop Barron does a good job of explaining that there are things that can be proven in a relationship and things that you take on faith. And there are things that you could sit down with someone and they might tell you things that they like or things that they don't like, and you can take that kind of as proof. But at a certain point, they will reveal a piece of their heart to you that you have to take on faith is who they are. And that's kind of getting more at what we mean by faith is trusting in a relationship and not discounting science. Yeah. Trusting in the things that you just cannot, like that are impossible to see even. You can never believe that somebody loves you. If I tell you I love you, there is no definitive proof of that. You could say, well, you could prove it by your actions. Well, my intentions could be to mislead you, right? I could pretend to love, and people, it happens all the time. So, Actually, in this episode, one character pretends to love another. <laughs> that, that is true as well. Um, th- so it's, and it's it's just such a, what they're doing here, right? They're, they're setting up this straw man where they're saying that Christianity, they reject all science. They reject all things based off proof. They don't, there is no, christians who like are looking for proof of god's existence they just take on faith that everything in the bible is true and that's just so not true that's just so like not that's such a uncharitable look through christian history who have forwarded particularly catholicism has forwarded so many fields of science throughout all time i think we have an episode on that too and we name like a dozen catholic scientists yeah and like you said a 101 student Maybe, but the the thing for me is, maybe this is the Christianity that they've been in contact with, mm. which is just, we're not doing a good job of representing the church in that way. And this is where we're called to be able to respond to something like that and to live it out, right? All right. So as we know here, this, the, what's his name? I forget his name. It's not important. The stretchy guy, stretchy superpower guy. So then he continues to to, to speak, right? And he says... Uh, why did Jesus, um, to my understanding, he says, why did Jesus, why could Jesus walk on water? Why can the super, the guy who's like Superman named Homelander, uh, wh- why can he fly? Why can, you know, why can I stretch or whatever it is he says? And he says, because we have faith in God and he gave us powers. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the exact quote. Uh, <laughs> it's something very similar to that. We have faith. So God gave us powers. Yeah. And that is like the prosperity gospel that like, uh, which obviously is flawed. The idea that if you have faith in God, all good things will happen to you because what that is doing is they're making it seem like Christianity is just this thing that people go to. So it's a that transaction. They can, yeah. It's a transaction. I do this so that I can get a superpower. Right. And, and if bad things are happening to you, it's your fault because you don't believe. Yeah. Which is not, which is so contrary to, I mean, read the Bible, right? I mean, the, it is so contrary to what Jesus actually says and what is the experience of those who enter the faith that, as we know, oftentimes the further you enter the faith, the harder your life will become, which is a tough pill to swallow, but it's because it's not about what he can do for you. It's about, you know, the relationship as we talked about. Well, we're, we're kind of doing these in bites, so yeah. we'll see, we'll see how it comes back, but... The next one is 
So the big bombshell. Bombshell. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Spoil. Well, te- it, this this is revealed in like the first ten minutes of the first episode, or like the first thirty oh. minutes of the first episode. So you oh, do know good. this. Uh, so it's not a huge. Spoiler. I haven't. I only watched this one episode. I only. So I only. Like... I made him watch this one episode, and that's it. And we and we only watched the parts that we're talking about. <laughs> but, um, Stretch Man is gay. Ezekiel is his name. No, oh. it's not. That's definitely not it. It's. But I'm close. <laughs> Um, Stretch Man is gay. Yeah. Secretly. And he's trying to hide this because as, well, I would say we'll get to later, but I think we get to here. First of all, they make it seem as though being gay and being same-sex attracted is contrary to the faith and means that you can't properly live a faithful life, but also that you can pray the gay away. And there's a poster, it says like, have have don't have impure thoughts fly straight and it's one of the superheroes that can fly is on the poster oh boy yeah oh my gosh <laughs> this is so bad because the and and the sad thing is, is like we said it is quite possible that whoever wrote this episode this is their experience with them and there definitely are particularly with this issue in uh, there are more people than not that handle this situation and this particular mor- mor- moral issue very poorly in the in the church i would say but that the problem is is they're take they're not actually doing their research on what the church actually says um i mean i'm sure there are protestant denominations that still teach the whole pray the gay away thing but that is not the stance of the church at all that is that is not what we believe and i mean I, we're not getting into though is it is are you born that way or is it a how you are raised or something because i mean it's honestly it's probably a combination of both right like there's uh and everybody can show you a study of it's see you're not born gay and then someone else can show a study see you are and uh i think the important thing is is that like it's very it's a very complicated thing and to try and degrade these people's experience with like just have think better right just don't do that yeah yeah and like you're saying and that god will will god will take the those thoughts away like that that like if someone is genuinely experienced the same-sex attraction that like if you love God enough, you will stop experiencing that. Then like, that's just a recipe for disaster because what happens when you still like you continually do it, you're just setting your relationship up with God to fail. Yeah. Yeah. So as maybe there are some things we haven't gotten into some of these more, I guess, contentious could be the word topics and sensitive topics, but kind of the, the short of it is experiencing same sex attraction is not a sin acting on your same-sex attraction is a sin because of what we view the theology of the body, like what we view the sexual act to be within the context of a marriage cannot be achieved with two men or two women. So I think anything more than that, we'll have to dedicate time to it. I don't know if you have anything you want to add, but... Yeah, I mean, that's just the basic thing is it's we all have disordered thoughts that and again disordered is a complicated word and it sounds really harsh but as in not ordered to the proper context of what sex is which what we would just describe in uh, you know maybe a a later episode but it's important that you like that somebody who is experiencing same-sex attraction they are not in themselves sinful because they experience that right it's it is and offering that up to god is a very real um, opportunity for growth for holiness for uh, intimacy with the Lord and 
to just dismiss that and to say that like oh Catholics hate gay people and they talk about this later on we, we might as well just bring it up now with this one too where later on the 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 one of the two main characters the the girl Starlight she's giving a speech and she says so what if you're gay you go to hell and that's just such a blatant lazy job of actually trying to present the church's teaching and again like honestly they're not really representing the Catholic Church or representing Christianity in general but but they do have collars on yeah the min- the minister has a collar, collar so yeah like a priestly collar uh and but yeah so it's just like that's not what the church teaches and that it's it's super annoying because it just paints us in a very uncompassionate light in a very uncharitable light because and that's it's annoying right and i mean i and i get that people have had that experience but um that's not what the church actually teaches and to think that there's people who watch this show who then run with that you know who then go, oh, yeah, that's right. That That is that is wrong because it would be frustrating to see. Yeah, so there, is, there is no person who is less loved or valued by God just because of your attractions. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist. And like you're saying, like, you might feel angry. It's not necessarily a sin until you go punch someone in the face about it. Yeah, or dwell with the anger intentionally and things. I mean, that's all another. Yeah. In any case, that is that one next we have uh this is interesting they talk about the what is your responsibility to save your neighbor from damnation and the context of this is one of the superheroes she's a young superhero who used to be come to these kind of conventions and so she's coming back now that she's a famous superhero to speak to some of the teenage kids and one of the teenage girls asks my friend is a hindu is it my job to save her from hell? I think she says, I know it is my job to save her from hell. What do I do? What do I do? Mm. Because like she's been indoctrinated that like she has to do this. And like you can tell the the, the girl Starlight character, she's like is kind of taken back by it. And the, she's doing this roundtable discussion with one of those Protestant pastors who has a collar, whatever. <laughs> like do your research, people. <laughs> like, um, But uh, and she's like kind of like, uh, I don't. And she basically says like, well, you know, God also says to love your neighbor and and then the pastor guy kind of cuts her off and says well you know if you loved her like you would like you would make sure like that she is saved and that should be your like priority and that's just so I mean we talk about this all the time I think we talked about in basically in the last two episodes or I don't know exactly when this is being posted but um but that's the whole point of Catholicism we believe that you're supposed to you know as we use the words propose not impose and it's not like it's it's you not, can't save anybody yeah yeah we we are nobody's savior and as much as we can try to love and influence somebody in good or bad ways it's not up to us and even if they are saved that's not because of us and it also is uncharitable even towards the friend who is a hindu to say like just because she's a Hindu, she's definitely going to go to hell, and it's my fault for not saving her. Is broken on so many levels, but we're just there to love that person. And it might be, right, because we have this joyous thing that we want to share, like we've talked about. It's a beggar showing another beggar where they found bread. We do want them to share in the joy and the love of Christ, but it's not up to us. Yeah. And it's not like you can't be friends with this person. It's not like you need to, again, it's you have to pick your battles so carefully in evangelization and it's uh and you can't just come out and be so like obtuse that the, you turn the person off to it in, in its entirety 
so I think that that's super important. But again, it's just it's they're painting out Christians to be these people who are just indoctrinated to go out and be robots who, you know, accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And I have to go make sure everyone else does. Again, it's a straw man. It's not it's not you're setting up the wor- the weakest possible case Like you're setting up the weakest possible Christian person and then knocking them down for fun. Yeah, you have a big TV budget and can do it. <laughs> in that same roundtable, one of the next questions is about virginity. So from the teens, which is definitely a question. You work at a high school. I mean, this is definitely something that is a real problem for teens. Problem is it's a real struggle and a natural struggle. And so one of the teens asks Starlight, is her name, I believe? Yeah. Starlight, if she's a virgin. And then she wants she's having trouble she's kind of stammering and wants to say yes and she looks over at the pastor and he gives her the eyes like say you're a virgin like make sure you don't tell them that and so she ends up saying that she's a virgin and lying and she struggles with it after that she's i think talking to her mom and saying i feel like i'm not supposed to lie to them you have thoughts on that yeah absolutely um (laughs) or should we just move on (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have thoughts but let's move on uh yeah it's just Clearly, the, it, the, the, again, it's like they're trying to brainwash these people, but like proper apologetics and proper just even uh, witness where you're witnessing your relationship with God is that people do have experiences of things like this. And it's more important to express how God will show mercy and God, like how that can draw you into it. Because the beauty of it, within, and again, a lot of times when people go out to, to paint the church in a bad light, there's always a little bit, a few nuggets in there that's like, yeah, but you 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 almost disprove your own point because she's expressing how she actually you can see in her voice she like wants to tell the story of how she lost her virginity and she goes on to express that like you want to believe that the first person you date will be the one and there's regret in her voice. She like regrets giving herself to somebody who like it ultimately broke her heart. That's where the gold is, right? That like yes, this happened, but like let me show you how God has fixed what has been broken. That's the, the proper thing. And, and no proper evangelist would, would ever turn the person away and make them lie to people just so that like, oh, you see, because the famous person's a virgin, so you should be a virgin, right? And then he quotes some like some it's, Bible. He, yeah, Hebrews 13, 4. Let marriage be honored among all and the marriage bed be kept undefiled for God will judge the immoral and adulterers. Sure. And like, yeah, just go like pull that verse out. Yeah, sure. But that's not like the point right it the, you're pulling out one context and yes that's what ideally will happen but that is not the message of the gospel that if this happens like there's no mercy in it so yeah you're just you're going to be punished it's leading with punishment and yeah. fear instead of celebrating what the sexual act is actually meant to be yeah and then that goes back to another episode we've done called you know wings versus chains where it's like we're not expressing to you that like you can't have sex before you before you're married because it's bad like Yes, it's bad, but it's because it holds you back from authentic love. And it's that's what it's all about. She expresses later on in that same speech that we mentioned earlier when we were talking about people with same-sex attraction. She says, and if you have sex before you're married, that's not a sinful, that's human. Yes and no, right? Like, it is sinful and it is human. It's not like, she like expresses that like, it's not the end of the world because it's not the end of the world, right? It's, it's not... It's, thank God it's not the end of the world. Yeah, thank God it's not the end of the world, but it's... It's because, yeah, yes, this is the human experience that we are drawn to fall for, le- we settle for lesser loves. We fall to lust. These things are, are a reality. It is a human reality, but that's what should be to, there to show the mercy and the love of God, not to express that like, see, Christians say that if you have sex before your marriage, you're going to hell. 
and she also throws in a comment about gandhi too she's like so if you, i think the actual line is so if you're gay or you're gandhi you go to hell and having sex before you're married is not sinful it's human and like it's just such a she it's like they're trying to make her seem like she's figured it out because she says that no one has it figured out but it's uh yeah, it's it's a lot. And I don't know, we might get back to that. That's her second speech kind of at the end of yeah. the episode. So we'll see if we revisit that. One of the other characters who's there kind of covertly and just listening in, doesn't really believe it, is there for surreptitious reasons. That's a three-letter word. Mm. Three-dollar word. Three-letter <laughs> three word. Um, uh, he says, and I'll do my best to impersonate him, if God is real, then he's evil. We don't have a choice. Kids with cancer sadistically kills his own son. That's not how he does it at all. It's pretty close. I mean, he's got that like super tough guy British accent. So yeah. yeah, but he he says he talks about if God is real, then he's evil. He doesn't give us a choice to live, and then he makes us suffer. And his way of saving us, air quotes, I'm doing, is to sadistically nail his own kid to a tree. And he's also very vulgar while he says it all. So yeah, talking to another Protestant pastor who also has a collar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just no <laughs> um, and we've i mean the problem is so many of these require so much yeah this is the whole problem of evil this yeah. is not <clears throat> this is not something that's small to be answered in a minute so i'll give you a minute and a half <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's actually it's, it's ironic at the time of recording today bishop baron had just posted a video about there's a christian singer the old lead singer of hawk nelson who renounced the faith biggest problem is his the problem of evil and you know he he does what everyone else does just what this guy like this guy does in the show where you you have some two dollar argument where you just throw it out there and you're like this is this is it and then everyone's like yeah that totally makes sense and on the surface you're like oh yeah that that is like why do kids get cancer oh yeah why does jesus get nailed to the tree like that does seem sadistic of god shoot i don't have an answer it must be true and the, the fact of the matter is we're not we don't have time to get into it right like and we've talked about it in previous episodes, and we'll talk about it in further episodes, but these questions ex like have answers, right? This is not an original thought that this man is having. Like, this is not, you heard it here first on The Boys, episode five, that, oh my gosh, yeah, why do kids get cancer? It's such a more complicated issue, and it requires, like, significant theological study to understand. But to just dismiss that, like, oh, I solved, I solved the whole argument against the proving God's existence because I'm too lazy to look up the argument this is what i'm talking about where it sounds like it's written by a philosophy 101 student because you're just not looking into the argument and then trying to dismiss it saying that it's a simple issue when it's not like it's first of all it is the most complicated issue of all time probably and you're just you're just throwing away a line about it and then walking away like you just you know won the super bowl yeah and it really is something to struggle with i remember learning about it in a you know arguments two and four god and this is kind of the strongest argument against the existence of God and not saying that it disproves God, but this is certainly a very real thing to struggle with. We don't want to just discount that. Yeah. Um, but that will be all we say about it for this episode. Yeah. But yeah, do your research on it. And then, because it's really annoying, I think what we're talking about next is uh, like they do kind of give, like somebody gives a rebuttal from the, for the Christian side and it's just, it's so whitewashed. He So... The, the guy the vulgar guy and the main character they he, they talk about it and he's going the vulgar guy's going off about how dumb it is and the main character 
kind of like goes through its defense a little bit. And he's like, don't tell me you're a God man. Don't tell me you believe in God. You're into all this nonsense. And he's like, well, I don't know. I don't think it's Morgan Freeman up there, but it can't just all be random chaos, right? <laughs> like straight out of a philosophy one-on-one textbook. It's we just don't a- have a better answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so to which the vulgar guy goes, oh, so you're saying that this, this guy, somebody who dies in what they believe to be a tragic accident. So you're saying what happened to him, that was some sort of divine providence intervention Inter- oh divine intervention yeah. and the guy's like well no and then they just kind of he's like yeah you see you're wrong and it's just oh it's so because it, the, the annoying thing is right is this is a reality that that happens is people who believe in god who aren't properly educated in how to def- defend the faith meets a very loud and prominent well-spoken person who then just insults and kind of has their 10 or five talking points enforces the conversation down that route because again he basically says like oh you're saying it can't be random chaos in the world so you are so therefore you're saying that god wants evil things to happen therefore there is no chaos and he must have caused everything yeah and the yeah the idea of like this meddling god who is over involved in our lives isn't right either and that's an like that's another i think the, the interesting thing for me with all of this is they these are good steps to be taking and like good questions to ask but you can't stop there and this is where i think like you're saying there's a difference between winning an argument and being right i think you're the one that says that (laughs) well yeah (laughs) then i'm right no but you you were saying that he does a good job of being well spoken having talking points being more aggressive and all those things can you know win you an argument but it's not it doesn't mean that you're right and i think that if you enter a discussion with someone where you're not both trying to get to truth, but you're just trying to be right, then it's not going to be as fruitful of a discussion and it may not be a discussion worth having. And that's something for us to evaluate as we're getting into it. Maybe they're just upset and need to let these things out and it's not on us to try and come back and argue and defend it because they're frustrated and need to be heard and they're not looking for truth in that moment anyways. Yeah, and and the character does have his fair share of baggage, and he clearly is angry about things. And this is something that is, well, I mean, that is frustrating, right, dealing with people because the point that the kid brings up is how do you explain the order in the universe to which he says, well, there's evil. But he completely dodges the question. But this is also something that I think is important that, again, going back to what you were saying about winning arguments, uh, this is kind of my problem with the whole uh, uh, trend of so-and-so destroys person and, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of a good roast as much as the next guy, but even people like Ben Shapiro or some of the other people like that, who they go to college campuses and they ask for open open forum questions and they get these college kids to like, who are like nervous and they come up and they, it's not a very good atmosphere to ask questions and then they get wrecked, right? And it's just like, it's not a fair argument ground, right? And it doesn't seem to be the productive. case. It, it just doesn't seem to be productive because... You're setting these these poor kids up that when clearly you are way more educated on the thing. It just seems like because when are a, they going to ask? Even even if you are eviscerating them, why would they want to ask you another question? Yeah. And if you have the truth, why would they want to ask you another question if all you're going to do is shut them down, embarrass them, prove yeah. that they're super wrong? It's That's just not, not productive. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's like it's I mean it's like a professional athlete going to like an elementary school and being like, who wants to play one on one with me? <laughs> And then actually the guy actually tries and he's like, you suck kid. 
Like I've had that exact thing happen <laughs> at my high school. We had a guy who went to my high school and ended up playing pro and came back and it was like a cool moment until we started playing and he took it way too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's just anno- like, know your audience, man. Like your, your job is to instill like, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll spiral, but that, so, I think that there's something there. And I think it all kind of hinges on what you said is have conversations when people are searching, seeking for truth. Uh, don't get sucked into pointless arguments. And then a small thing, this is this is nitpicky, and uh, if I, like, people who know me well know that my biggest gripe with the Protestant denomination, with Protestant denominations is when they rebaptize somebody, when they convert to their Protestant faith, because it just shows a blatant disregard for what baptism is, because baptism is a one-time thing that leaves an indelible mark on the soul that cannot be undone. So you're like, we're going to rebaptize you because this is the real faith, and they they do this rebapt, they do a rebaptizing for the people who pay fifteen thousand dollars to meet. I think his name is Ezekiel. Sounds right. Uh, it's a biblical name, but even when I say it, it doesn't sound right. Um, <laughs> they they pay to meet him and then they all baptize them and and all of that, and it's just I just hate it. Like you know, it's better than one indelible mark on the soul. <laughs> two indelible <laughs> marks on the soul. That's why you get confirmed, and Ooh. then you can even get a third if you get holy orders. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Um, and. Uh, yeah, so I it's really nitpicky, but I it just it's like it might be one of my biggest pet peeves. So Well, it's interesting to note that like if a Protestant becomes a Catholic, a lot of times they don't get baptized. They don't. There's no such thing as rebaptized, but baptized because they have had a valid baptism. Yeah. The only thing is they have to check to make sure that they're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Other than that, it is a valid baptism and they do not get rebaptized. There are some Protestant churches that will baptize in the name of Jesus or something like that without saying the Father and the Holy Spirit. They will. They were technically. That means you were never actually baptized. Yeah. So, so you're not getting rebaptized. You're getting baptized. Yeah. So dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> but uh, and that's not the thing. That's uh, that has nothing to even do with the strawmanning the faith. That's just like about the Protestant church. <laughs> that's not even. It's actually kind of irrelevant to the actual episode, but. Because that is a reality that happens. But w- could you say it's showing a misunderstanding of what baptism is meant to be? Also true, yeah. Very yes. good. <laughs> so the next one, now we're getting to, we have two things left here. Kind of like one, though. Yeah. And they are about, oh yeah, it's pretty much one sentence, and it comes from Starlight's big speech at the end where mm-hmm. she's figured it all out and transcended these lowly masses. Yeah. Who, But in her defense, she's, her speech is actually well-intentioned in the show. Like, the lowly masses, she's saying, she's trying to lower herself, saying, like, I'm just like everybody else. I don't have it figured out, right? Because that's the classic thing. Like, if you, the, the it's better to say you don't have it figured out than to actually do research to figure it out. Um, <laughs> she's like, if anybody tell what? That is true. Yeah, should I say it again? Like, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can hide behind saying, I don't know. Like, that, that's okay as long as you are seeking truth. But you can't just stop at, well, I don't know. Yeah. And that's that's the most common thing right now. We've talked about that before. How my experience with students who are quote unquote agnostic, they'll be like, I just got so many questions. I'm like, all right, what's a question that you have? And they're like, I want you to know I, I have said I've sat down with probably this year, I probably sat down with six seniors, and this was pre quarantine, so where I had this exact conversation. I was like, You say you have these questions either tomorrow or the next day or at the end of the weekend. I want you to come up with your five biggest questions. Come find me and let's talk about it. Zero for six. Did they do it? Um, and it was not like, well, it was like, well, you should have went and sought them out again. Guess what? I did. And I was like, hey, you got those questions? And they're like, no. And I was like, have you thought about it at all? And they're like, I don't I don't have anything right now. And then 
they don't want to know, right? You don't want to know the answers. So it's easier to, to hide behind the I don't know crowd than to actually do the research that you need to. Because yeah, it's fine we, to not know. And once you know, then it places demands on you about how to act. Yes. Uh, so she continues to say, she goes, you know, she's when she's going on about, you know, if you're gay and you're, or you're Gandhi, does you do go, that means you go to hell. And she says something along the lines, she's like, are we supposed, like, I don't know. She's like, I like God, but is this Christianity thing really real? And she says, when Christianity, when the Bible was written, life expectancy was 30 years old. So I don't think we're supposed to take this literally. So much to unpack with <laughs> one ignorant sentence. <laughs> Several things. One, um, does not that nobody who's under the age of 30 has never said anything intelligent in their life. You None of, none of you would listen to our podcast, <laughs> actually, because Gerardo's older than 30. Oh, that's true. And so is Bobby. So, um, But we aren't. And I like to think that something ever in us has been intelligent, even if it at wasn't least, our idea. At least one thing is all we would need. And even if it wasn't our idea, it was somebody else's idea. We said it. Yeah. Uh, so not then not to mention, like, modern medicine has done a lot to extend life, but it hasn't done a whole lot to, like, the reason is, is because there's sicknesses that they can cure now. And also back then, a lot more people died in Higher infancy. infant death rate. Yeah. A lot of people died in military, like in, in military battles. Because if you were an 18-year-old kid, you went to war and you probably died. And then not to mention anything that involved antibiotics, you'd be dead. Infection, sickness, all these things. But like if you could make it till late stages of life healthy, it was about the same as it was for us. Uh, so just to, to say that people back then were dumb, like that's so, so stupid. And not to mention just saying that people back then were dumb or didn't live a long time isn't an argument for what, for what having what they said not be true. Cause does that mean that like Pythagorean theorem isn't real? Cause the life expectancy when Pythagoras <laughs> was alive was like 30 years old. So we obviously can't, that obviously is wrong. And then the, to top it all it off, <laughs> we, we don't take it literally. That one's easy. I'll take the easy one. Uh, yeah, this is, and again, this is a specifically Catholic thing. There are other Protestant denominations that do take it literally, right? They're fundamentalists, as we would say. We are not. So that, that's an easy one from the Catholic perspective. And a lot of struggles come from a literal interpretation of the Bible. And this is something that we've talked about a lot. And, you know, the Bible is... A library. It's a collection. There are some things that are literal and some things that aren't. And I know that sounds like a convenient, well, that thing that you have trouble with isn't literal and this thing that I want to be literal is, but that's not what it is. And at a surface level, you'll get pushback on that. But the yeah, books we don't agree. even have the, they, it's not like you could go to the bookstore in the like first couple centuries and be like, can I pick up a Bible, please? Like they were different books. They just happened to be compiled into the same Bible. Like they don't even have the same name. <laughs> that's like saying like, that's like, again, it's like discounting the entire, like saying what's in the dictionary is incorrect because it's in the same bookshelf as something as, you know, Harry Potter or whatever. Uh, and written by a bunch of different people. Yeah. Also, so it's just, <laughs> oh man, it's so, it's so frustrating. And honestly, like the reality is, is some of the most staunch, is that a word staunch? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It means like passionate and like, firmly rooted. Yeah. Okay. Some of the most staunch atheists out there, like oftentimes they come from like a very fundamentalist Christian background, right? Where specifically they do take the Bible literally because it opens up a whole plethora of problems. I mean, one, they'll say like with the creation story and they're like, that goes against science. Therefore, everything about it is wrong. Uh, and it's just so there's such a. And then you ask who made the Big Bang Theory? Could it have been 
Lemaitre. John Lemaitre. <laughs> the Catholic priest. Yeah. And it's 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 frustrating. And also, I feel like this probably might be coming off a little condescending, but whatever. A little bit. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I hope not because we, I hope we didn't just straw man while we were talking about yeah. not straw manning, which maybe uh, a little bit in attitude, but we tried to take it word for word as much as we can. And also, I hope we, I wanted to take the episode and use it as an example of other things that we have dealt with. So it's not just this episode, or it's not that this, whoever wrote this is dumb or bad. That's not it. But these are good examples of things that we see a lot. And it's it's frustrating because there are plenty of good things to struggle with. We don't not don't want to waste our time, but it's there are better things to struggle with than these. And so we want to move past them if we can. Yeah. And to be to be honest, right? And and again, I think the saving grace for the writers of this is like it's quite possible that this is their only experience of Christianity. And to put it bluntly, like if my choices were to be agnostic or to be a fundamentalist Christian, like per, that is portrayed in this story, I would not be a Christian. I would be an agnostic, right? If luckily that's not it. And like, thank God for grace and thank God for like the relationship with Christ that I have. But also thank God for the rich tradition of the church, the intellectual tradition, the scientific tradition that is a rich fount of of wisdom and intelligence and beauty that uh, never one runs dry. And I think that that is, I wish that people, because the only thing they're going to see is this. this. That's what people are going to see. And I wish that more people would do some some looking into the other side of it. Um, and the flip side of that is, are we looking into the other side, right? So we can be ready for these things. Yeah. Are we seeing what the arguments from an atheistic perspective are, from an agnostic perspective, from a Hindu or Buddhist or Jewish perspective or whatever it is, we need to do what we're asking of them. And while also being an example of what the church actually does believe. Yeah, I agree. That's all I got. Thank you for listening to our tirade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And if you find it fruitful and have the stomach for it, maybe check it out, that episode. Um, But also, maybe don't. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, does not have my official recommendation. (laughs) Uh, Nor mine, I guess I should clarify. Yeah. Well, we'll see you in the next one. We're going to go use the superpowers that we were given because we have faith. (laughs) 